0: Ladies, anyone name that tune? Anyone name that tune that they just played? Knowing you, anyone know who wrote that tune? Did Morris Chapman write that? Who did? Graham Hendrick. I think that's the guy over at that church in Georgia. Hendrick, I may be mistaken. Well, it's good to see you. Everybody get their nap today? You said no? Okay, we're going to have the irritated section. If y'all will come sit without tonight, if you didn't get your nap, and you want to sit over here with him tonight, you're welcome to move during this first hymn. Let's stand together. (coughs) Showers of blessing.
1: There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing. Sent from the Savior above. And Enjoy. A blessing, showers of blessing we need, mercy drops from the sore falling. but for the showers we plead, there shall be showers of blessing, precious reviving again, over the hills and the valleys, sound of abundance of rain. Showers of blessing we need Mercy drops round us are falling But for the showers we plead There shall be showers of blessing Oh that today they might fall
0: Seated. I just had this thought while we were singing that. And don't ask me where the thought came from, but anyway. Crazy case came to mind, Brother Carlisle, while we were singing that. I guess maybe the last time I went there it was raining. I don't know. What day of the week? We're gonna take a little road trip for those of you that don't work or would just like to go up and have lunch one day or Monday or a Tuesday. I don't want to interfere with the ladies' group that meets. Is there a day that's better for folks, Monday and or Tuesday? Both would be good for you. Okay, good. We would leave here around eleven ish. Get there around eleven forty-five. Have lunch and come back. Ladies on the back row, is there a day that's a preference for y'all? I know y'all are busy women there. Okay, so a Tuesday. Okay, what do we? What about Tuesday week? That way we'll give us a chance to advertise it a little bit. That be okay. everybody Tuesday week. Can somebody look up that date for me? Not all at one time. Thank you. How much? 26. Twenty-six. Okay, I don't. Let me write that down. Okay, on the twenty-sixth, we're going to go to Crazy Case. Brother Paul, you're going to be out of town, aren't you? No. no. Okay. I thought you was going to, sir. Cancel. No, Are you going to cancel that trip to go to Crazy Case? <laughs> See, man, you got your priorities right. All right, Octa. I'm going to take the church bus. It may be an all-day or a spend-the-night trip. I'm not sure yet. we would you spend the night? Uh, we'd have to spend the night in the state line. Okay, I'm, I'm just writing this down here. So bring a bag that day in case we do have to spend the night because I can't make any promises. Uh, I do know where to get a tire in state line if we need one because we got one there the last time. So... That will be coming up. That's serious. We did have to go to State Line to get a tire. A preacher from State Line Baptist Church picked us up, or picked me up, took me to the tire place. I don't know how to get to the tire place, but I, they had one tire to fit our bus, and that was it. So we bought that tire for $1,000 and took it back over and put it on the bus. Got a great deal on that tire. It was a really good tire. <clears throat> so anyway, we, we got that done. Now, take your bulletin. Let's look real quick. The fall... Family Festival, that's coming up on uh, November the 3rd, and we're going to have what that night? Chili, Chili. okay, <clears throat> and we're going to take the money, and the money's going to go toward Mission to Missions to Montana and Crazy K's, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> missions to Montana and Brother Lee and them, so that's good. All right, so make sure you got that marked, and we're being intentional about inviting someone to come have some chili that night and come to church with you, so please invite someone. They'll probably come with you. Now, look down a little further. Tomorrow night is the George Green Baptist Associational Fall Meeting, and it's at West Salem. You know, we could have put that in Crazy K's together and just spent the night in the in, uh, up there somewhere and gone to Crazy K's the next day at State Line. That would have been a good outing for us. But anyway, we won't do that just yet. But that's tomorrow night, Tuesday night's Deacon and Finance meeting. The coffee kickoff campaign will begin next Sunday from 2 to 3. And then Wednesday night's supper's menu is grilled chicken, slaw and baked beans, rolls and dessert. You eat grilled chicken? Okay. I was just checking. Can't you really? I'm not going to say nothing else. I'm not. I'm not because I'll get in trouble. Let me make sure on my notes here, I don't want to leave anything out. Miss Phyllis takes such good care of me And making sure. There's a reception for the GA parents and their families tonight in the fellowship hall. want to remind them of that. And I think that was it. Yes, we've got them all covered. Brother Eddie, anything from the pastor's corner now? No, sir. All right. Can I get a couple of ushers to come down? And I'm going to pray. And when I pray, we're going to sing. And when I sing, you're going to sing. And we're going to take up that offering. Okay? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this incredible time to get to come worship. Lord, it's a privilege that we have an opportunity to worship you. Lord, I pray that you'd bless our worship time together, the music and the message and everything that's been done in this, this day. God, I, I pray that it has been pleasing to you. Lord, I pray for the missionaries and folks that were kidnapped in Haiti. I pray that you would be with their families and be with them during this time as well. I know they're anxious about things there, so I pray for them. But Lord, we love you, we trust you, and we ask that you would come meet with us tonight. And I pray this in your son's holy name. Amen. Let's continue on all the way, my Savior leads me.
1: All the way, my Savior. Side. Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divine, his comfort, if I fail.
2: Wednesday, November the 3rd, Fall Family Festival, missional and intentional. Uh, What they're doing in Montana is missional and intentional, planting a church, being intentional about it, and inviting people to come. And we have to do that right here. If we want people to come to church, we have to continually invite them to come. And so we're just asking you to, pray and say, God, show me somebody that I can invite, lead me to somebody, see if the Lord won't let you bump into somebody, and then say, would you join us at our church on Wednesday night, November the 3rd, we're just going to have some chili, having a chili supper, going to hear a presentation from some kids about missions in Montana, you join us, and we'll be helping Lee Merck do missions in Montana, and we'll be doing missions here For the past several weeks, uh, we've been in the book of Ephesians, and uh, that's where we are uh, tonight, in the book of Ephesians, and we're going to look at chapter 1, verses 11 through 14, and as we look at these verses, we're going to talk about our inheritance in Christ, and uh, hopefully you're going to learn some things tonight. We all will see some of the things that the Lord has said in this passage of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ should be to the praise of his glory in him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Now, If you look carefully at those verses, you'll see two different groups of people there. They belong to different times, but they share the same blessing. The first group, according to Paul, are those who were the first to hope in Christ. This is first generation believers, which probably includes, if not just the the apostles themselves, It includes apostles and those at that time who came to faith in Christ. That other group that Paul mentions is comprised of every person since that time who has heard the gospel and believed. But although Paul has reference to two separate groups of people, they all, or should I say, we all, share a common blessing. Paul says, we have received inheritance. Now, that inheritance is both a present possession and a future blessing. It is here and now, and it is yet to come, but I remind you that it is only for those who have believed. So, we're going to ask a series of questions, just like we did last Sunday night, to try to learn about our inheritance. And the first question is, what is our inheritance? inheritance. What is it? And what do you think it is? Is it heaven? Is it some portion the Lord will divide according to merit or some spiritual blessing? Well, first, as far as I can understand, we all receive the same inheritance. Whatever it is, we receive it individually and we we receive it equally. Second, I think that whatever it is, we can agree that it is spiritual and not physical in nature. In other words, the Lord's not going to give you a piece of land in Bendale or Leakesville or Mobile as your inheritance. However, so don't be be looking for that. And we sing about, I got a mansion over a hilltop. Don't be looking for that either. That's not what it is. In the Old Testament... Their inheritance was the land of Canaan, but it was never fully theirs. It was something that was never secure. And the reason it wasn't secure was because of their sin, and they couldn't hold on to it. And to this day, we see see Israel still fighting for what God would have gladly given them had they only been obedient. In the New Testament, those who follow Jesus are told that they will inherit everlasting life. They will inherit the kingdom prepared for them from the foundation of the world. And in Revelation chapter 21, verse 7, we read, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Peter said that our inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Our inheritance is something we will receive and something we have received, but what is it? Well, third, I believe that we can make a case that our inheritance is neither a place nor a possession, but a person. And let me tell you why. In the Bible... In the Old Testament, there was one tribe among the children of Israel who received nothing, not anything at all. It wasn't because they did something wrong. It was just because God said, you don't get any land in the promised land, none at all. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 1 and 2 This is what the scripture says about the Levites. The Levitical priest, the whole tribe of Levi, shall have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the Lord's offerings by fire and his portion, and they shall have no inheritance among their countrymen. The Lord is their inheritance as he promised them. Now, I want to ask you something. What would you rather have? A piece of dusty land in the Middle East or the Lord as your inheritance? I constantly remind myself that I need nothing here on this earth because the Lord is my inheritance. I'm going to make a case for that a little further in a minute just in case you disagree with me. So second, how did we come to receive this inheritance? Well first, according to the scripture we just read, in the providence of God, we were predestined to receive this inheritance. What does that mean? It means, as we have looked at that word, the word uh, predestined in the Greek means to forehorizon. It has the horizon in it. The horizon means the bounding circle. What God simply did was he drew the circle of his saving love around us. Or he brought us inside the circle of his saving influence And thus the roots of our salvation have their source in God's activity, according to Paul here, who works all things after the counsel of his will. He arranged our lives, your life and my life, so that we would come into contact with the gospel. In chapter 1 of Colossians, verse 12, Paul said we must give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. We are talking about our inheritance, what it is and how we came to receive it. Second, having brought us into the circle of his saving love uh, and brought us into contact with the gospel, he said, you listened to the message of the truth the gospel of your salvation, Paul said in Romans 10, 7, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You listened and you believed. This is what he said third, after listening to the message of truth, we believed and John 1:12, uh, John wrote, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who who believe on his name. And then fourth, and this is all from that little passage of scripture we read, once you believe, you were sealed with the spirit of promise. And Paul would say, without this work of the spirit, without the witness of the spirit in your life, you don't belong to him. So this pictures what we just read, salvation from its beginning to end as a work of God, bringing you under his influence, providentially giving you an opportunity to hear and believe and sealing you with his spirit for all eternity. According to Paul, his initial call from the Lord Jesus came in these words, Paul speaking, Jesus speaking to Paul, I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, in order that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. That's from Acts chapter 26, verse 18. We have an inheritance. What is it? How did we come to get it? And next, what assures that this inheritance is ours? Paul says, In this passage in Ephesians that we read that we have been sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given us as a pledge of our inheritance. Now, it's all right there. That's exactly what the scripture says. What what does the Bible mean by sealed? Well, every time the word appears in the New Testament, it comes from a Greek word that means to stamp with a private mark for security or preservation. To stamp with a private mark for security or pres- preservation. There were three uses of the seal. First, it was used to authenticate the genuine article. I looked at Sid this morning, and I don't know if he's got it on today. Sid, you had sort of a tie around your neck And it had an insignia of the Marines on it. That says that Sid is the genuine article. He was a master sergeant. Did I get it right? In the Marines. One that yelled at people loud. So we're glad that he's cleaned up some now. But he's the genuine article. Marks him so. The second was to render secure. In other words, it's sealed, it's secure. You know sometimes you get a, you know what sealing is, it, it, it's, some, it's different but it's the same way, it's closed up, it, 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 you know if it's been tampered with. We have some tamper-proof offering bags now, Richard has a hard time with them back in the back, and, but they're tamper-proof and when you close them up and you put the money in it, somebody can tell if you've opened it back up to get money out, it's sealed and therefore secure it's easy to open but we can tell if you've tampered with it and that's the same thing you can tell if that seal has been broken so this is what it means to render secure third it was to denote, to denote ownership if it has my seal on it that means it belongs to me it has the seal if it has the seal of God then it means that whatever it is it belongs to him all of these are true of the seal which God has placed upon the believer in John 627, the Bible says of Jesus Himself. This is the gospel of John chapter 6 verse 27. On of Jesus Christ, it says, On him, on him the Father, even God has set his seal. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, we're introduced to a seal book or scroll that no one on heaven and earth could open, no one could break the seals, but the Lord Jesus himself, in other words, it was completely secure from tampering. And also the things that were going to happen in the book couldn't take place until the seals were broken. The sealed believers in the book of Revelation are marked as God's own for their protection from judgment. And Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 21 and 22, Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. It is the Spirit's work to to seal, to mark you as the genuine article. Paul says, if you don't have the Spirit, you do not belong to Christ. It is the Spirit's work to seal to make you secure, to secure your salvation. It is the Spirit's work to mark you as the, as the authenticate you as belonging to God himself. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, Paul encourages us. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of. of of redemption. So the presence of the Spirit in our lives is God's stamp of authenticity, but also God's pledge to bring to completion the work he's done. The Holy Spirit is, according to Paul, the earnest of our inheritance, and that's a legal and commercial term used of a first installment or a deposit or a down payment. If you've ever bought property, perhaps you had to give earnest money. And that earnest money was the promise that you were going to buy the property. And if you didn't buy the property, what happened to your earnest money? You lost it. So the earnest money is that down payment. The same word is used in modern Greek for an engagement ring. The, the, The earnest was part of the purchase price that guaranteed full payment. And so the Holy Spirit is God's first installment, his assurance to you that he's gonna complete his work. Now the big question is, when will we come into our inheritance? Well, this pledge, this down payment that God has given looks toward the redemption of God's own possession until the redemption of the purchased possession, according to Paul, until then. Have you ever put anything on layaway? My wife and I, I took her to Outback the other day. We were away, as you know, and we stopped and we got a nice meal at, at Outback and when the waitress came to she brought the bill, I started to ask her if I could put that thing on layaway. It was expensive. You pay a little down and a little along and then one day you make the final payment and you get what is yours out of layaway. Did you ever buy, did you ever have S and H green stamps? Did you ever collect them? I remember that some of you don't have a clue of what we're talking about. But when I was a kid, my mother got S N H green stamps, and we had a catalog. You know, you collected enough of those S N H green stamps, you could take that those green stamps wherever you took them and get something. And you know what you called it? You redeemed them. You redeemed them. You got for what you paid. So, but anyway, here we have. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Here he seems to say that we have it right now. We have redemption right now. And then in Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In other words, redemption is is yet future. So how can redemption be something we have and at the same time something that lies in our future? Well, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus points to a time in the future when there's going to be a time of great uncertainty. We might be living in it now. A time of great uncertainty followed by a time of cosmic calamity when men's hearts will fail them for fear at the things that are coming upon the world. But Jesus said when those things begin to Take place, straighten up, and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We have been bought with a price, and the payment is complete. But our Lord is yet to come and claim that which is his own. As a matter of fact, for e- even for those who are in heaven now, their full and final redemption is, Is a future event. Now that ought to make you jaw drop. Until I point that out to you as to why. In Romans chapter eight verse twenty three, Paul wrote, "We ourselves, having the first fruits of the spirit—that's another way of saying the same thing—the we've got the earnest, the promise that more is coming. Even we ourselves, grown within ourselves." Waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of the body. The redemption of the bodies, the day of the resurrection of the dead, when those who are in heaven with Jesus now come and their bodies are raised. That's when everything's going to be complete, redemption is complete. And on that day of redemption, we'll receive our inheritance in full, eternal life, a glorified body, the kingdom prepared for us before the foundation of the world, and a city whose name is the Lord is there, according to the last chapter of the book of Ezekiel. And there we shall be with the one who, according to Revelation chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, who loved us and and released us from our sins by His blood and made us to be a kingdom. Priests to His God and Father. And what do the priests in the Old Testament get? Nothing. Not a smidge of property. Not a piece of ground in the promised land. But they get the Lord. He is their inheritance. And on that day, he will be our inheritance. And all that is his will be ours. He is our father. you remember the prodigal son? when he divided his living between his two sons and the elder brother got mad when the younger brother came home because he wasted his inheritance, threw it all away, and yet the father never was without to take care of the servants. He always had enough. And then when he said to the elder brother, he said, what are you worried about? Don't you realize that? all that I have is yours. That's the way it will be on that day when we come in to our inheritance. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us be more faithful looking forward to that day when you have plans for us beyond anything that we could ever dream. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy because if you did not bring us into the circle of your saving influence, we would never get there. And if you did not seal us and preserve us and keep us, we couldn't stay there. We'd have no hope of heaven without your work from beginning to end. And there may be some here tonight who feel so unworthy So far from what they ought to be. So far from being ready for that day. And yet, Lord, you have spoken to them tonight to reaffirm your love for them. To reaffirm your plans for their future, for our future. And I pray, God, that you would increase our common desire to be a people of your own possession and a people who look forward to our common inheritance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Perhaps tonight the Lord has spoken to your heart, stirred you to be the person that God wants you to be, or to make steps toward becoming that person. You might not even know how. That's why the preacher stands down at the front during the invitation time, just in case God should whisper to your heart, and you might not know what to do or what to say. I've been there. Yesterday as I was cutting grass, I thought about all the times I went down and told my pastor, I know the Lord is speaking to my heart, I just don't know what it is He wants me to do. took me a while to figure it out, but you respond to God as He speaks to your heart. Would you stand? Softly and
1: tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling. calling
0: for being here reminds you of wednesday night supper and hope you have a great week and hope to see you there thank you